Welcome to the City Hills Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that the message today helped you encounter God, love people, and discover purpose. For more information about who we are as a church, head over to cityhillschurchsd.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, click the Give button at the top of the homepage on our website. And now, let's jump right into the message. Well, welcome to our series, Best Christmas Ever, and we are in week three of this message series. And what we're doing is we're looking at the different ways that we can encounter the presence of God. And one of the things that we've been doing is looking at some of the holiday classics. And I don't know about you, but Home Alone is one of the classics of all classics. Every time I watch it, I feel like I wake up with a headache just from seeing the things that those dudes went through. They just got beat down. But Home Alone is one of my favorites. And I love the face of little Kevin McAllister as he realizes he's alone. That pure excitement that I am home alone. I can do what I want, when I want, how I want. It is on. Party on, dude. And so I love what he he experiences because as his little Mr. Independent spirit, he feels like this freedom is exactly what he's been looking for. He's sick and tired of his family and he is ready for some peace and quiet. But there's a point in the story arc where being alone isn't fun and exciting anymore, right? It, It actually becomes pretty dangerous and crazy and scary and just this crazy story that happens And Kevin realizes that his crazy family, while it is completely nuts, it's still important to him. And his mind begins to change about this idea of being alone. And I wonder today how many of us in the seasons that we're walking through feel alone. We feel like we're going through it all by ourselves. And today, this message, I want to talk about where God is in the waiting. How many of you have ever been in a waiting room before? How many of you ever want to set that waiting room on fire because you're tired of being in that waiting room? Maybe it's just me, but like, man, I can't stand waiting. But today I want to talk about where is God in the waiting? And what we're doing is we're letting this one text from uh, the New Testament, which is the part of the Bible where we see where Jesus was actually walking the earth. And we're looking at this one text in the scripture as kind of our anchor point. And it's this in Matthew 1, 23. And it says this, look, the Virgin Mary will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is with us. It's the big premise behind everything that we're talking about in this series. And in this season, it's the thing that we want to highlight the most, that God is with us. And last week we looked at how we experience God's presence in the valley, in those situations that are, are challenging for us. And there, it's those seasons of pain and, and maybe isolation and, and those seasons where we just feel like nothing is going right. And we, we saw that we often enjoy God on the mountaintop, but we experience him intimately in the valley. That so many times in that valley, we're just trying to get out and God's saying, hey, I want to get you through it because there's so much strength that's found going through it. But the waiting, the waiting season is different than the valley because the waiting season oftentimes usually lasts a lot longer. A lot of times the problems in our life, they're for a momentary season and we walk through them and God provides and we see his hand and and we walk through those things. But the waiting, 
man, that could be years. That waiting season to me is, is almost like the wilderness. In the Bible, you would see this picture of people wandering through the wilderness and just going through these seasons where they're just waiting and hoping to get to the very next thing. And so for me, when I think about the wilderness, I always think about like mountain men with huge beards who like farm their own land. And, you know, they're, they're completely off the grid. I tried to look a little bit like a mountain man, but apparently I was told today I'm a fraud because I roll up my jeans a little bit. So whatever that is, Matthew. But uh, every time I think about the wilderness... I, I think actually uh, yesterday we were in REI and I like going into REI because it's like I feel more manly, even though I don't ever buy anything there because it's way too expensive. And I have not, I'm like, I'm not going to go camping with that. Like, I'm not just going to do that. It's too cold for that mess. But I like going there. The wilderness in the Bible was often this barren place. It was dry. It was desolate. It was empty. And it was long and it was tedious And it was this constant hope that, God, are we going to finally get out of it? Are we going to finally get out of wandering through the wilderness? And for some of us, we've been going through these seasons, and and maybe you're in that right now, and and you're thinking that my wilderness is, is I'm stuck in this job. I'm stuck in this job and and I don't know whether I should quit and I should change jobs and I should go somewhere else because it just doesn't feel like things are progressing and this place is crazy and and God should I go should I stay should I should I impact it and and be a good leader there and help change it or but man it's moving too slow what am I supposed to do in this season or for some of you you're renting a house and you're like I wonder if I I should buy a house even though that feels like it's impossible in San Diego like should I buy a house because I feel like I'm just throwing away money I'm not getting any equity but what if my job changes what if I get moved so I, I shouldn't buy a house God what else should I do in this waiting or for some of you you're dating a guy and and he just won't ask you to marry him or or you feel like there's something there but it's it's just missing there's something missing from the relationship and you're asking yourself should I mean, should I stay in this relationship should I just keep pursuing it or or should I just give up and start over with somebody else but then all that time is gone and God, what should I do I'm stuck in the waiting and going God what's my next step and today, you and I, we often feel alone or, or we feel lost. Maybe for some of us, we're in this season and we've been in this waiting for so long that we're disoriented. We don't know what's up from down and what's left from right. And we're just like, what is happening? Something needs to break through because I am sick and tired of waiting. But what's interesting is in the Bible, Oftentimes you find people in the wilderness right after a mountaintop experience. They experience this incredible moment, this incredible breakthrough. God does something extraordinary that we read in the Bible and we go, that can't be real. He did that for real. And then right after that mountaintop moment, they're straight into those wilderness. And and we're going to be looking at a story that talks about that in just a moment. But for some of you, you feel that same way. Things were going great. And then just out of nowhere, someone wasn't being honest with you. And it just changes your feeling about life. And it changes the way, who who should I trust? Who should I not trust? What what should I do in this? For some of you, you, you're in a financial wilderness. 
and you know you want to get out of debt, but you know that you need to do other things here and you got to take care of your family. You got to do this. And it's like, God, where are you in this waiting season in this wilderness? What I want to do today is show you this one thought that we're going to just come back to over and over again. It's in your notes. If you're writing down, it'll be on the screen. The big thought is this. Your deepest need becomes a gift when it drives you to depend on God. Your deepest need actually becomes a gift. That waiting that you're going through actually becomes a gift when it drives you to depend on God. I want to show you this story. It's one of my favorites from the Old Testament. The Old Testament is the beginning of the Bible, where it's before Jesus came to the earth. And, and we see all these stories of, of Israel and, and God relating to Israel and communicating to Israel and the different kings and the different leaders of that time. And we're going to meet this guy named Elijah, who was a prophet. And a prophet was someone who would hear from God and then he would communicate to all of the people. Some lots, a little bit like what I'm doing, but like on a 10 million times bigger scale because he was communicating to a nation. And so God would speak to this prophet and he would speak to the nation. And Elijah had actually just come off of this incredible mountaintop experience And immediately after, we see him go from this mountaintop to this wilderness, and he feels alone and desperate and depressed. And we actually see him get to the point of having suicidal thoughts of, God, I am done with this. So let's, before we jump into it, I want to give you a little bit of context, because Elijah was was serving in a day with this evil king named King Ahab. And Ahab was just a wicked dude, just wicked. He just did all kinds of craziness. And God told him, he said, I want you to go and I want you to stand up before him and tell him, like, this is not happening anymore. I'm going to stop the rain. There's going to be a drought in the land. Like, this is done. Your rule is over. The issue was that King Ahab actually had a wife who may have been more evil than he was. And her name was Jezebel. And Jezebel got mad when she heard about what Elijah had done. And she says to, essentially she says to her husband, listen, bro, if you can't get the job done, let a woman do what a man can't. Watch out. I'm about to handle this. It's about to go down. And so she sends word to Elijah after he'd come off of this incredible experience. She says, if by this time tomorrow I don't cut your head off, I will deal with some people severely. And for whatever reason, Elijah had all kinds of courage until he heard a woman speak. And he was like, oh, hold up. I don't know what that means. You can take that for whatever you want to take that. But he freaks out and panics. And Elijah, in in chapter 19, verse 3, it says this. Elijah was afraid and he fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. If What we don't know when we read this scripture is he actually ran almost a hundred miles. Like, bro took off. Like Forrest Gump, I'm out. I'm running and I'm just not going to stop running. So he takes off. Verse four, then he went alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and he prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord. How many of us ever said that? Take my life. For I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. I'm done. Have you ever got to that point? You don't have to raise your hand. Just just 
you can give me that little quiet nod. Have you ever got to that place in your life where you just, I am done. I am spent. I've got nothing left to give. I have no more energy. I have no more patience. I have nothing. God, I am done. I am sick and tired. Maybe for some of you, and, and this always happens, financially, you're trying to get ahead and then your car breaks down. Like you finally save a little bit of money. Every time Lauren and I get a little bit of extra money in the 11 years we've been married, every time something blows up and we're like, thanks for providing for the thing that's going to blow up. But could we just save it one time? Can something not blow up? Can our daughter not shove her favorite unicorn into the toilet and flood the toilet and everything else? Like, could we not just hold on to this, God, please? You work hard. You serve faithfully. You, you, maybe for you, you moms, you make the greatest meal ever. You put it on the table and everyone eats it in 30 seconds and then they leave the dirty plates on the table and they go and do whatever else they're doing, tearing up the house. And you have the spirit of Jezebel that comes over you that says, if by this time tomorrow I haven't killed all of you, come back in here and clean this up. Right. We just get to that breaking point. It throws you over the edge and you're like, I am done. I'm through. Even though Elijah had these incredible mountaintop experiences with God, he still got to that place. Just, just for a little background on this dude, he stood down the evil king and he said, there'll be no more rain. And then there was no more rain. Like God answered that prayer and he did it. He hides for years and God is protecting him. God is like feeding this guy with ravens, with bread. There's birds bringing him food and like just the most insane thing. And then he stands down these evil prophets of the day and he's, he builds this altar and they have their own little thing. You can go and read it yourself. It's just this crazy story. And he builds an altar and he says, God, I pray that you will send fire down from heaven and you will burn up this altar. And the, God does it. He shoots down a bolt of fire from the sky. Like, what in the world? He is experiencing these incredible things. He knew the presence of God well. He had experienced God's greatness. But then one woman made a threat. And he's done. And what I think is important for us here to understand, and, and this, this, this came to me yesterday, he was listening to God's voice all through those mountaintop experiences. But the moment he listened to someone else's voice, his strength was gone. And I wonder how many times for you and I, that's the same exact thing. We have those experiences with God that are awesome when we're connected with him and we're spending time with him and, and we're challenged by what we hear when we put it into action. But then we start listening to other voices around us and we're shaken. And we're done. And in those moments, we go, God, where are you? And he's like, I'm right here. I haven't gone anywhere. You're just listening to the wrong voice. Look what happens in, in verse five. Then he laid down and he slept under the broom tree. And I, I love this about God. God sends an angel to him, touched him and said, get up and eat. And he looked around them and beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones 
in a jar of water. Yes, Lord. So he ate and drank and he lay down again. The angel of the Lord came again and he touched him and said, get up, eat some more for the journey ahead will be too much. So he got up, he ate and drank and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to, the, to Mount Sinai, which is known as the mountain of God. What did God say? God, God said something that's just beautiful. Sometimes the most spiritual thing that we can do is rest in the presence of God. Sometimes what God is telling us to do is hit the timeout button on ourselves. We put our kids in timeout. No, timeout you, Danny. Timeout. Go sit in the corner and chill. Calm down. Listen to the voice of God. Let him speak when we quiet down the noise. We talked about it last week. God rarely speaks to people who are rushed. How can he? When we're running past it, when we're running through everything, God says, lay down under a tree. Chill out. Let me be near you. I love this. this let's look at the, the scripture as it continues in verse 9. Then he came to a cave and, and he spent the night there. But the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah replied in a, in a whiny little voice, I have served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel, they've broken their covenant with you. They've torn down your altar. They killed all of your prophets. I am the only one left. God, I'm the only one. Don't you know that? Now they're trying to kill me too. He's in the spiritual wilderness, broken and defeated and feeling like there's no hope. Nobody understands. Nobody's doing what I'm doing. Nobody's working. Have you ever said this? No, you guys never said that. I've said this before. Nobody's working as hard as I am. No one sees what I'm doing. No one thanks me. No one acknowledges all that I'm doing. God, nobody's doing anything. It's just me. That's what he tells God. But God meets him in his deepest moment of need, and he ministers to him in this moment of vulnerability. And that's why I, I just hope that you understand that your greatest need is a gift when it draws you to depend on God. Look what happens. The Lord tells him, go out and stand before me on the mountain. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. And it was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and he went out and he stood at the entrance of the cave. The ground shook, the wind raged, the fire burned, earth, wind, and fire. See what the Lord did there? For those of you born in the 70s, you thought somebody else came up with that. That was God. Earth, wind, and fire, baby. And they are, they are fire. I love them. But God was not in the remarkable. God was in an ordinary whisper. He wasn't in the extravagant shows. God was in the whisper. And even though all this is going on, Elijah, he recognizes God's voice after all the craziness. He goes, oh, wait, 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 that's my God. You and I have to be able to do that. We have to be able to recognize God's voice. And the only way we do that is if we're actually listening. 
God says, go stand out and I'm going to put on a show. It's a firework show like you've never seen before. And Elijah's like, yeah, 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 that's cool. That's still not you. And he hears a whisper and he steps out. Look at this. God whispers because he's close. The devil shouts his lies, but God whispers his truth. In your life, that voice that's loud and boisterous and is speaking over everything else, usually that's not God because God whispers to you. He's near to you. He's close to you in your weariness and your brokenness and your frustration. He's close to you in your waiting and he whispers, I'm right here. I'm still for you. I haven't given up on you. You haven't gone too far. I'm still right here. I don't care what you did last night or the day before this week. I'm still right here. I don't care what you gave up on. I don't care any of that stuff. I'm still right here. And the only way we hear that voice is when we quiet down all of the other noise. God is close to us in our hurting. If your heart is hurting right now, if you feel like you're just broken by what's going on, listen, this is where God is. This is what scripture tells us about God. In Psalm 34, 18, it says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Psalms 139, 7 through 12, it says, this, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the furthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask, I love this. I could ask the darkness to hide me. We can try to hide from God. All the darkness, all of the things in our life can try to hide us from God. I could ask the darkness to hide me, God. I don't even want you near me in the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, God, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as the day. God sees us right where we are. Darkness and light are the same to you. For some of you today, you just need to understand that God is reaching out to you. He is speaking to you. And maybe you haven't gotten to that place in your life where you're ready to put your trust in him. But don't for a second think that he's still not reaching. Don't for a second think that you're alone in this waiting, in this confusion. God is right there with you. When we were wandering in the wilderness and we feel like no one understands, he understands and he cares. Back in our movie, and Home Alone, Kevin begins to, to miss his family and regrets being the little brat that he was, right? And he does this really cute thing where he goes and he finds this, this knockoff Santa Claus, and he just wishes with all hope that his family would come back. That's my wish. That is my, my Christmas wish. And, and he wrestles with this idea that, you know what, maybe they're better off without me. Maybe they're fine. Maybe they're out having fun, all in the sun, having a blast, and they're totally glad that they're done with me. But what he has no clue, and we saw it in that clip, is on the other side of the coin, his mother is frantically and dramatically, passionately doing everything she can to get to him. 
And this is what I want to close with today. And I, and I want you to understand, if you don't hear anything else, for those of you who are in a waiting room right now, while you are waiting, God is working. While you're waiting, God is not idly sitting back on his throne going, all right, cool, you just chill there for a minute. God is working. He is at work behind the scenes, and we don't see it until he reveals it. And time and time and time and time and time, I could say it a thousand times, I have watched God do that in our lives. That when we're sitting there going, God, you're doing nothing. Where are you at? I am sick of being in this. God all along has been working behind the scenes. And it isn't until the right moment that he opens the right opportunity. And the same thing, while Kevin is waiting and he's defending his home with some of the most elaborate booby traps that have ever happened, his family is working every angle to get back to him. I love what she said. If I got a hitchhike, I am going to get to my son. And the same thing is happening in Elijah's story. And I love this. I don't want you to miss this. After God asks Elijah why he's there and and Elijah whines about his life, look at verse 15. God says, go back the way you came through the desert. Just Press pause there. Go back the same way. God didn't give him some elaborate new instruction that that was like, okay, well, you just move on. He said, no, 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 no. Go back. Some of you need to hear that. Go back to that same old job. Go back to that same old relationship. Go back to that same old phone call. Go back to that same old person. Because maybe God's not done in the waiting yet. Maybe God still has something for you. He says, go back the way you came through the desert to Damascus. And when you get there, anoint Haziel, make him king over Aram, anoint Jehu, make him king over Israel. Finally, anoint Elisha to secede you as prophet. That's huge right there. Meanwhile, I'm preserving for myself, by the way, oh, by the way, boo-boo, you all by yourself, I have preserved for myself seven thousand souls whose knee have not bowed. Isn't that so true about us? I'm the only one. God's like, you don't have a clue. I have been preparing people behind the scenes in your life that are so ready to step in that you don't even understand what I'm doing. You think you're by yourself. Don't believe that lie. That's the devil shouting lies to you that you're alone. And God's whispering, you're never alone. It's not even possible. I am right here. Elijah is ready to quit. He's ready to give it all up because he feels tired and alone and misunderstood. And God says, oh yeah, in your waiting, I've raised up three strategic leaders who are going to help you as you move forward. And... 7,000 other homies that are going to go with you who have not given up on me. 7,000 other people whose hearts are still connected to mine. They haven't given up. You are not alone. While you are waiting, God is working. The question and the challenge for us today is, are you going to quit before God finishes the plan he's been working on? Are you going to quit? Are you going to do what Elijah did and go, God, I'm out. Take me on home, Lord. I'm done. 
kill me under this bush. I don't, I don't care. I'm just done. I'm no better than anyone else. I'm no better than the people who are already dead. God, I'm out. Are you going to quit because you're sick and tired of being sick and tired? Are you sick and tired of being in that waiting room? Guys, I am the most impatient person in, on the planet. I will race you in a race of impatience. I hate waiting. It drives me insane. And I hate repetitiveness. It drives me insane. But God says, I want you to wait, and I want you to go back, and I want you to do the same thing. But God is not different. Go back and do the same thing. Come on, give me something new. No, go back and do the same thing. Thing. Because while you are waiting, while you are wandering, while you are going through this wilderness, I'm working on stuff that you have no idea and I'm just getting it in place and it's not ready yet. So go back and do the same thing. I'm tired of it. That's cool. I'm with you. Can I have a new assignment? No. Go back to that same house, that same relationship with those same kids to that same job with the same boss. And sure, you can pray all the prayers of God, open the door for me. And and when he's ready, he will. But in the waiting in the wilderness, we cannot give up hope because while we are waiting, God is working. And my prayer for you as we pray here in just a second is that you don't give up on what God wants to do or you do what I've done so many times in my life. I'm like, God, you're just taking so long, so watch this. I'm going to go do my own thing. You guys are better than me, but that's I've, I've done that. God, I need to put my hands on something. I need to go to work. So if you're going to take your time and you want me to just sit there in the corner and pray, I'm going to go work. And every time I get myself in trouble, every time I miss something that he wanted to do. When God's saying, I want you to just stay where you are right now. And in that waiting, I'm working. And I promise you, I am with you and I am working. And when it comes all into view, it's going to be so much better than you thought it was. So much better. Are we going to quit before God finishes the plan he's been working on? Let's pray today. For some of you in this room, maybe the thing that you've been waiting on is you've been waiting on beginning a relationship with God. Maybe for some of you, you've heard about him. You hear about a God who's with you and is for you and is working in the background. But today... You need to make that decision. And if that's you, just quietly, in the seat pocket in front of you, there's a card that says, I have decided. And on that card, you can check a box that says, I've decided today to give my life to Jesus. Or today I'm rededicating my life to him. I'd ask you to just fill that card out. You can slip it into this black box by the doors. And we just want to partner with you. 
we want to be able to give you some resources because here's the deal guys you can't do this on your own no matter how hard you try no how no matter how smart or skilled or talented you are at the end of the day without a relationship with Jesus you're just not going to reach your full potential so for some of you that's a decision that you need to make for the rest of us we need hope in the waiting we need strength in the waiting and just quietly if that's you and no one looking around if you need God to give you hope and strength in your waiting season would you just slip up your hand real quick so I can pray with you amen thank you thank you thank you thank you let's pray jesus man you're so much better than we deserve you're so much better than we could ever imagine and god i thank you so much that right now in this waiting season for the people in this room god you're working you promise us that you are working in the background that there's not a single moment of our lives that are wasted there's not a single pain that is without purpose there's not a single moment that we have gone through that you cannot bring healing and use as we move forward god i thank you that you are working in the background and i pray right now god in the name of jesus that you would give us strength that you would give us hope in the waiting god you know me you know my personality you know our conversations and how sick and tired i get of the waiting seasons god i know the pain of having to wait but god i know the blessing of seeing your promise on the other side so god i pray that you would just bring hope in the name of jesus you would bring strength in the name of jesus to those who lifted their hands to those who are in that waiting room in that wilderness God and they feel like they're just wandering and wasting time God remind them that you are with them and that it is for a purpose you are near to them and they're hurting you're near to them and their brokenness you are near to them and their impatience you are near to them when nothing makes sense God you are near to us and you are mighty God I love you and I thank you that even when we mess it all up, even when we try to do it on our own, God, you're still there with us, trying to bring us back to the plan that you had all along. God, thank you that you are with us in the waiting. We love you. We thank you, God. Make yourself so abundantly present to us this week, God, that as we go through our mundane tasks, that we would feel your presence near to us and we were able to do them with a new sense of hope and a new strength, a sense of strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.